know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does it. AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz back in the studio after a productive uh, and long hiatus for you. It was fun. What was it like having to come back into the studio tonight? It was interesting considering I was the first one in here and usually I'm the last one rolling in the door. It's funny because we, when we pulled in, we're like, oh my God, it's 10.01, Moniz isn't here yet. And then, you know, we saw the maroon missile out in the parking lot and that's like, that's his car. He just must have washed it. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, it is his car, but I had to get up real close to be sure. But uh, we are glad to have you back here after last week's show, uh, Flying on Our Own. Uh, we talked with Dan Gordon about the curse on the Yankees. Uh, that one construction worker was trying to place on them by bearing a David Ortiz jersey in the foundation of the new Yankee Stadium. And for those who might have followed the story, uh, they actually ended up digging it up. The uh, I guess two guys had seen him doing it, and so they knew exactly where it was that he had deposited this David Ortiz jersey. So they told the Yankees, and the Yankees had it torn up. They tore up the floor of the visiting locker room, and they took this jersey out. It was dirty and full of holes from the jackhammers and everything. And you know they did the mandatory hold it up for the pictures and everything. And, but what actually happened, and what a lot of people might not know uh, from just following the story on the Internet or however they've been following it, the Yankees actually donated that jersey to the Jimmy Fund, which is the main charity that the Red Sox are associated with. So uh, they actually gave it to them to auction off. And I, The last time I had checked, it was something like $30,000 was the high bid. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to bring in some serious dollars, and I'm, I'm glad the Yankees do that. A lot of people like to you know, play up the rivalry between the two franchises, and it's definitely there, but they always work well together on things like charity events, and you know, George Steinbrenner always makes a big donation to the Jimmy Fund during their, their telethon that happens later on in the summer. So uh, thank you to the Yankees for, for taking care of the Jimmy Fund, and thank you to everyone who gave us another chance to talk with Dan Gordon about haunted baseball. And we're actually going to address the topic a little bit later on in the week in Weird, because we have another Yankee-related paranormal story to tell you. So I think what it is is they saw they saw the kind of readership that the first story was drawing, and so now all the New York papers are all over this paranormal Yankee stuff. So I might have to move down to New York and crank out a couple of those. Matt Costa, what's going on? Nothing much. Not much. As usual. Do you remember what what we what we talked about almost a year ago? Uh, a little over a year ago. Today. I don't remember five minutes ago. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if you remember. It was I think Moniz, you weren't there. You were somewhere. You were probably out in the field investigating or away somewhere. Or Waverly Hills. Yeah, Waverly Hills. That's right. And uh, what we were doing is, you know, we were putting out through our friends at PlanetParanormal.com, who are airing our live stream right now and and host podcasts for us as well. They used to let us do live streaming over their website, and it was kind of a disaster because we didn't really know what we were doing, but we were able to get the signal out there, which was good enough. And so Matt Koss and I decided to do a show one night. We got so fed up with the arguments that were going around, you know, the Internet with the paranormal community. And there was so much vitriol and so much hatred and so much backstabbing and lies and dirty tricks that Matt and I decided to take to the airwaves and, and just get everything off our chest. And we talked to some people who had been involved in some of these incidents uh, and who had either been involved with somebody attacking them or been accused of attacking somebody else and 
so we kind of laid out some ground rules last year about it where, you know, you can't name anybody, anybody by name. You can talk about a situation, but we don't want you to talk about something that it's going to, you know, somehow tip off who it is that you're talking about. If, if you want to share with us some experiences so that people can listen to it and kind of hear what these kind of things are that are going on, because I'm sure there's some investigators, Matt, and you, you talk to a lot of people, a, lo- a lot more investigators than I get the chance to. I'm sure there's quite a number of them that have never run into this type of problem. I'm sure some of them, you know, the other groups that they have encountered, they've worked well together. Uh, it, you know, there's, there's bound to be some unity and friendship going on in the field. The people that have been in this, you know, a long time, you know, of course they've run into it here and there. Mm-hmm. And it usually happens with all of these resurgence of popularity. Uh, the paranormal in terms of popularity ebbs and, you know, flows every five years. Okay, roughly every five years. Um, sometimes you get an inundation of people, just like with anything else. It's going to saturate, you know, the population, and you're going to attract all kinds of hotheads and other things, and you know, people that think they know it all, even though they've only been doing it, you know, six or seven months, and mm-hmm. going to try and tell other people, you know, that have been doing it for decades, you know, you're doing it all wrong. You got to do it this way. Sometimes they do have good ideas, but most of the time, it's things that have already been done a dozen times, and we've already learned, you know, that just doesn't work. Well, I mean, what are they telling you, though? They're telling you, you're not doing it the way that I saw them do it on Ghost Hunters. Right. And before yeah. that, it, you know, it, it's not or the way it was done. I read on, in the Hans Holzer book, or you're right. not doing it like you're, Ghostbusters did. You know, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But the difference being that you and other people, you, you said the key words at the beginning of, of your statement. You said people who've been in this for a long time. And people who have been doing this for a number of years have developed their own style, their own techniques that get results. We had a conversation uh, earlier this week where we were talking about EVP styles, about how you like to talk and and try and develop a conversation to try to give them questions that will draw a response. Right. Uh, I I think of the way a person is if they're living. If you're talking to somebody living, the best way to get responses out of them is ask them their favorites. That's why I'm always asking, what was your favorite color? What was your favorite song? What was your favorite food? It also helps identify the person as well, because if you know Uncle Johnny's favorite you know, food was pizza and you loved, you know, uh, Oh, What a Wonderful World by, you know, Whichever artist, Louis you know, yeah, I know, but there are several others that oh, do okay. covers of it. But oh, you're going to get it, into the specific it, person that sang it. Well, All right, but, now, but that's, that's what I mean. Now you're getting the real clues as to who you. That's what I'm talking. saying. It gives you a def, definite, um, a piece of evidence to that. You know, Uncle Charlie really did like pizza. He really did like Louis Armstrong, and he really did, you know, like the color green. You know, so if you get all of that in in mm-hmm. your EVP, it helps to validate. What what you hypothesized would have been the person, and also you said to me too, you know, people who are alive like to talk about themselves. So why right. wouldn't people who aren't alive no, like to talk about right. themselves? So. But whereas I'm a little bit more direct, and as I I told you, you know, it's it's because I I, I don't have a lot of time and I don't have a lot of patience, so yeah. I want answers right away. But you know, like if you walk if you see a guy walking down the street that you don't know, and he's got this huge like gash or something gross on his face you don't just walk right up to him stick a tape recorder in his face and say what happened to your face so you know it's kind of the same thing of you know you're going into a supposedly haunted location sticking a, a tape recorder in their face say how did you die what was it like to have that bullet travel through your skull yeah <laughs> you know but then again uh, you know i'm kind of a, i'm a reporter so you know we're kind of used to having to stick right. 
microphones in people's faces and ask them questions they don't want to answer. So I guess I can kind of adapt some of that style to EVP, but whereas you're trying to make a human connection, you know, you get results out of that. And, yeah. But that's something that somebody who's new to the field might come along and say, well, when I watch Ghost Hunters, you know, they just say, talking to this red light and answer my questions. Who are you? You know, how did you die? Did you die in this house? Uh, no, what you're seeing is you're seeing the part of the conversation that was good enough to air on television. Right. Yeah. And believe it or not, you know, like I said, all of these people from the show Ghost Hunters and Taps, are, as, as they are with you guys, they're all personal friends, okay? And they tell you about exactly what goes on and what's aired. You know, they exactly, ask yeah. they ask questions the same that you and I do. And what it is, what people are seeing is just the editing. You're, you hit the nail right on the head. They they ask those questions. How did you die in this? But they're also asking the questions like what I asked. What and you, they're the, not going to put that on TV right, because even if they got the you know even if they got a clear direct response, it doesn't carry the drama of right. somebody saying I'm dead. Right. So, well, we have a phone call here, so let's uh, start going to the phones. But if you want to call in and chime in with your thoughts on how junior high has the paranormal become. You can give us a call at 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. A little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Todd Sheets, host of Nightwatch and founder of the Nightwatchers organization. We're going to talk to him about this exact topic, as well as some of the things the Nightwatchers have coming up, especially here in this area. And uh, we will also check in, hopefully a little bit later on, with uh, Chris Balzano, author of Dark Woods, Cults, Crime, and the Paranormal in the Freetown State Forest. He's actually in the Freetown State Forest and hopefully swinging by here on his way home to share his thoughts on how Junior High the Paranormal has become as well. And uh, it, it's not for me, it's not really paranormal enough until I'm afraid to go to the blackboard without a book in front of my pants because that's my major <laughs> remembrance of Junior High. But all right, let's go to the phones here. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm calling from Providence, Rhode Island. I just um, I was uh, wondering what I can do to get the computer to stream tonight. It should be streaming. We got everything working. Okay. Few of us can't get it. Maybe we'll just have to keep trying. Yep, Sounds just, like a great topic. That's why I don't want to miss the show again tonight. We'll just hit refresh because they they turned it on right as they were leaving. So they taught okay, us how to do refresh. it. Okay. And as far as our junior high, I don't know. I kind of think they're going more into sophomore junior right now. I think they used to be more junior high. You, you no? think we're getting? You think we're getting slightly more mature in how the field is as a whole? I do. I, I mean, unfortunately, though, we can't know of every incident that happens, and and uh, when we start to hear about something, you know, it's only because it's progressed to that junior high level. That's you know, it's so only they, they've they've kind of regressed so much that now they feel the need to make it public. That's such a good point, boy. But, you shut me down. Well, but I'm just saying, you know, in, in our experiences and as we're, you know, working with other groups and contacting other groups, you know, exactly. like I, I was saying to Matt, we might be having the best time ever and everybody's getting along great. But, you know, when it gets to some of these other groups, especially these upstart groups that, you know, don't really have the experience and mm -hmm. they'll call you up, you know, being somebody who and I know I know who you are and I know that mm -hmm. you have some abilities and, you know, they might call you up and say, you know, can we utilize you on an investigation to help us out mm -hmm. and then they bring you on and and you help them out and then the next thing you know they're they're trashing you all over the internet saying you know she claimed to be a psychic and none of our evidence backs up what she was saying so she's full of crap that's a great point you know you're not necessarily full of crap it just means that they didn't get the evidence that correlates with what you were telling them right that's a really good point yeah by the time it gets down to those the, the layman out there it shouldn't even get down to them 
And, and unfortunately, you know, you're getting one side of the story of, of what's coming out. And if you don't know that it's happening, you don't get the chance to defend yourself. Like, I'll be honest with you. If somebody decided to totally trash Spooky South Coast, you know, depending on where they did it, I might not even know that it's happening. I mean, it could even mm-hmm. be happening, and I, I'm not aware. Because the only thing I really do is I use MySpace as a tool to communicate with friends and and to promote the show. But I don't go on Facebook. I don't go on I Am Haunted. I don't go on some of these message right. boards. So I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, because you don't have time to do that. You're too busy being actually out in the field making this part of your day-to-day passion. I'm actually just sitting on the couch getting sh- <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> and that's the other half reason why we love you so much. Because <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch? <laughs> Excuse me? I, uh, I, usually people don't like it when I just sit on the couch. They tell me to get up. Stop being so lazy. <laughs> well, that's the part that makes you human. There you go. And that's and that's why you're going to go far, because you're humble, you're human, you admit it, you're not trying to be Superman wearing a cape telling everybody what to do. Hey, don't tell people what I do when the show's <laughs> off the air. I got the underoos, too. All right, well, we're going to let you go. You can try to keep hitting refresh on your computer and see if you can get it up and running, and if not, you know the podcast will be waiting for you next week. I know. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, if you'd like to call in, 508-996-0500. 508-291-0500. And uh, we, can, we, we, we can talk about this topic every week if we had to. I mean, there, it seems like every week there's something that pops up amongst our, you know, amongst our friends in the community, amongst our contacts in the community. There's always some sort of fire that needs to be put out. Uh, Matt, you go to some of these uh, conferences. You get to go out to a lot more of these events and conferences out in the field. And, you know, when... when isn't it kind of strange how when you go to these events, everybody must be the best of friends and everybody's getting along great and they're saying, hey, let's work together in the future. But then, you know, once time passes and they don't really talk to each other that much, you know, unfamiliar unfamiliarity breeds contempt in this field, I think. I think you're right. Um, when I've been to a number of these conferences lately, a lot of great people, the the people that, like I said, have been in it for a while, they're all friends. We're all friends. We've mm-hmm. been friends for years. We don't always agree with each other. Sometimes some of us will get into, I've seen in some cases, literal knockdown drag out well, brawls. Because but, 20 years ago, you were all, quote unquote, the crazies together. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, But we all have a healthy respect for each other. Um, what you're getting now is, like I said, it's perfectly apt aptly named here the junior high mentality mm-hmm. you've got the new kids that want to come in it's like that's all well and good and you'll find that it isn't so much you know the new kids versus the old guard what have you it's new kids versus the new kids you know yeah they're 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 more at each other's throats and and stuff like that i'm better than you are you know and it is, it is like that and unfortunately most of the fights start over over stupid things and uh, simple little things like procedures. I do this this way. So you can't be right because we do it this way and this way works best. Newsflash for people. There is no real best way to do anything actually in the paranormal. Everything is fair game because there's no- nothing that's really, really been definitively laid down. Mm-hmm. We're all new at this. I mean, even though we've been, some of us have been studying this, you know, Give you an example, John Zappa's 30-something years, mm-hmm. the Johnsons, myself about 25 years. Yeah, I mean, 
we do not really discount anything. Just because we, it's not a method we use, we don't totally discount it either. I mean, it's, it's there. Everybody has the same chance of getting results. Okay, now I can go, you know, take my scientific approaches. That's all great. I can, you know, calibrate my instrumentation and show you all kinds of certificates of analysis of the uh, materials used. And, you know, that's all well and good. And I've executed this protocol exactly to the letter and yada, yada, yada. And I can come out with absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And I can have some sort of uh, association with a spirit medium, for for instance, come into the same room and do something and have things go flying about the room and all kinds of crazy stuff happen. So does that mean she's better than my scientific methodology? It just means no. At that particular time, that particular method worked. Well, that, and mine didn't. That brings up an interesting question that I, that I have for you. And a lot of people kind of lose sight sometimes of the fact that what we're talking about here is essentially a science. And we're talking about... You know, what we're hoping to discover is the science behind all of this. And, you know, being a scientist and conducting experiments on a daily basis, uh, I'm sure there's been examples where, you know, you have had a tried and true method of performing a certain experimentation and you've got your procedures documented. And, you know, if it, it becomes part of the routine, it becomes, right. it becomes rote. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you're going to make, you know, this compound, then you know you need to create this chemical reaction first. Right. And if somebody came at you and said, well, you know, Matt, it takes you a half an hour to make that, that chemical reaction beforehand to get to the said compound, I can teach you how to do that in about half the time. You would be willing to listen to that. You'd say, I would love a way that would help me save time. And you'd say, why don't you go through it with me? I will evaluate that. I will see, and if I deem it to be a valid method of doing what I'm doing, I'll adopt that method. Right. And all, it is, all sciences is, I've said this before to a number of different people, it's 99% attitude and 1% application. And 99% of it is how you perceive what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. The rest is the 1% of actually going out and doing it. You know. And and I think that that definitely applies to this field as well. Right. Of course, you can also say it's 99%, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, I, I don't, it's more ego than anything. You know, it, it's, it's I'm going to be the first or I'm going to be the one or I'm going to be the one that gets myself on TV, radio, whatever it is, and then it's 1%. I actually have something worthwhile for doing that thing. Well, the difference between attitude and ego is the force that's applied. That's true. That's true. The what's really interesting about this, though, and and, and we're certainly not. We want to make this clear. We're not cracking on anybody here. You know, if you're an upstart group that's just starting to get going, we're not cracking on you. We we wish There's you all the luck in the world. Ones out yeah. There. What we're talking about is we're talking about those who decide to step on others. To, and, and we'll talk to Todd a little bit later on. We're not going to get into specifics with him, but you know he had an incident where you know somebody uh, didn't really, you know, turnabout wasn't fair play in this case. You know, Todd helped somebody and somebody stepped on him. And you know, I, I left a comment on on Todd's blog about this, saying you know that's what happens. People, and it doesn't just happen in the paranormal. No good deed goes unpunished. Exactly. People just step on those that they perceive as somebody that they can step on it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it doesn't mean that you made the wrong choice in helping somebody it just means that these are the kind of people that look for that 
prototypical person of, hey, there's somebody I can use and use and use and then just step over to get what I need to go to. And there's a lot of that in this field because you get the people such as yourself or you know the, the investigators that you named or that you worked with who are always willing to help and share and work together. And then you know that's, that's the kind of people that certain jerks just prey on. I'm sure there's examples, and, and maybe we can hear from you at 508-996-0500 or... 508-291-0500, where, you know, people might have even lent out equipment to somebody. Yeah. Uh, people might have, you know, and not gotten it back. You know, I, I know that there's been cases of, you know, people have joined groups to get access to people's case files and to get, you know, develop relationships with some of the clients, and then they decide to go off on their own and take all that stuff for themselves. Well, you know, what's the point of that? Why would you want to steal somebody else's case files or somebody else's clients? You're not making any money off them. You didn't take money out of their pocket. All you did is you took somebody else's hard work and tried to make it easier for yourself to keep going in the field. That's You're hitting on something that is one of the big arguments that's going on now, and it's totally junior high. This is my case. This is my case. This is your, this is your territory. This is my territory. No such thing, okay? Paranormal happens wherever it happens. In my personal opinion, I think everybody equally has a right to explore it, Mm -hmm. no matter where it is or whose it is, quote, unquote. The paranormal is happening. It's not happening just for that group. It's happening for a reason. Anybody that has an interest should be allowed you know, I mean, the open opportunity to to look for themselves, to gain answers for themselves. Isn't that what this is all about? So we can all learn, or so we can all try and reach an answer that you know we're trying to get for ourselves. No experience was ever made for only one person. Exactly. No matter what the experience is, and uh, I, I, you're right though. I mean, we've seen it. There's locations. You know, haunted locations, and, and this has happened, you know, with Waverly Hills in the past and some of these other famous haunts where a group has kind of associated themselves with that haunt and with that location, and then they tend to get very possessive and territorial about it. And See, that's the wrong attitude. You, that's going the wrong way. I mean, Absolutely. Well, especially when you don't even own the property, when somebody else <laughs> is the client and owns the actual property themselves. But... And then, you know, you'll hear them either try to block somebody from going in there altogether or, you know, they'll just start a smear campaign behind their back so that if you can get them out of the way, then it goes back to being only your spot. All right. Now, let me add a caveat to this. You know, you should let every other person come in, you know, look at it for themselves with the exception if they're coming in to exploit it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. Okay. Uh, That... Yeah, everybody should be allowed the the opportunity to learn, okay? Um, like, look what we do with Lizzie Borden's house. We're in there more than any other group around. And we openly love to have other people come and check the place out. Well, for one simple reason. If it only happens to us, then who's going to believe us? Right. That, that, that's the, You're getting the point <laughs> I'm trying just, to make. That's exactly. the gist of it to me. I mean, if if there's more than one... Yeah, if there's more than one person, one group experiencing it, then it means more to me. And you'll see me. I mean, you've been there. You've seen what happens when we're in there with other investigators. I try to get them to go up to the third floor and have their legs lifted. I try to have them get knocked down and pushed around because I don't want to be the only one. Well, we try to include them in what what we've gotten there, what we've shared. This is what this is all about. And we'd love to have it when they have evidence that they get that they share with us. Sure. 
Well, th- th- this is what it's all about. And, and speaking of evidence, there is evidence from the first ever Lizzie Borden Investigators Night already on the forum at SpookySouthCoast.com. The picture of you getting your shirt lifted. That was pretty interesting. That was, that was interesting. That was, and, and Renee had some really cool stuff going on with her camera all night. She was catching weird lights and yep. and weird uh, shapes around. So, All right, well, uh, why don't we take this phone call here? And uh, I know we have to take a break, Matt. Matt's our, uh, our producer extraordinaire who tells me when we have to take breaks. So right. we think we can take a call before we sure. go to commercial? Okay. Good evening here on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hi, guys. It's Keith. Hey, Keith. How you doing? Hey, good. brother. I'm doing just fine. How's everybody doing there? Oh, spooktacular. I oh, sent good. you an email a while ago. I heard back from you. Oh, well, you will. Okay. Yep, yes. I did receive the email. Okay. I did receive it. Well, uh, Keith, I'm sure uh, in your many years in the field, you probably encountered some of this uh, junior high mentality that we're talking about tonight. Yes. Actually, my, my very first major case back when I was still a teenager... It was a uh, full-blown demonic case, and uh, we were at Rhode Island College at the time, and uh, this other group was a, is a rival group that it's actually split off from our, our group, some of the members, and they kept asking us about what was going on, and somehow they found out about it. Well, they, they came to the house in an effort to discredit us, it turned out. And, um, you know, it turned out they did discredit us but they didn't get the case themselves so nobody nobody went out in that situation so you know that's going back like to the early 70s too so well, <laughs> at, dealing. at that time it must have been i, I don't want to say easier to discredit you but it, you know when somebody came around and said you know oh i can debunk these guys these guys are full of crap people right. were probably more apt to listen to that side of things back then yes cause no, nobody knew who anybody else was except you know ed and lorraine warren but mm-hmm. the, you know the the other groups you know we were few and far between so it was like uh you know it's just um and you know it's kind of snowballed the attitudes kind of snowballed and everything and it's just you know as i i said at uh univcon last year you know when we were on the discussion discussion panel about this it's it's like we get enough flack from the outside world without doing it amongst ourselves you know mm-hmm. and i'm sure you know it you know where i'm coming from oh absolutely i mean I, I deal with it sometimes when I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be covering a sporting event and the, somehow the topic always comes up. I'm starting to be like you, Keith, where people can just look at me and say, this is somebody I know I can talk to about my paranormal experiences. <laughs> and right. so, you know, we'll get into the conversation. I'll see other sports writers, you know, looking at me. And sports writers are the most cynical jerks in the world. And I can say that because I am one. And, and you know, they're going to tear you apart piece by piece if they can, just just for fun. You, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna I was going to say, you a cynical jerk? I know. Well, I'm I'm the leader of that pack, but you know, and so I I see how easily you know people will tear this apart. So if I can partner up and you know have strength in numbers and have somebody else say, well, now wait a minute, he's not totally full of crap because I've had experiences too, and that just you know it works better. It makes us look better. Yeah. Yep. Verification. Verification. And and just besides just verification, support too. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I know you've had a. Lot going on with the Lizzie Borden house lately, and like you were saying, the the more people that we can gather evidence together with, the better, you know. And in the, I think in the long run, it's just going to benefit everybody. I, I think that uh, as we try to get, you know, more amateur people in there, and we can partner them up with more. You know, this first one it was it was kind of just uh, I don't know. It's 
it's kind of like the equivalent of having like an open house more or less because you're getting people who are just starting to get their feet wet. You know, but as we have the chance to bring in like a near and then bring in some first time investigators and partner them up, then you're getting more of that, you know, mentorship relationship, which is what we're hoping for with this. Right. And then once somebody can see right from the outset how to do things the right way, then it might make it less likely that these kind of things go on later on. Exactly. Exactly. And and I, I think that's that's what it's all about. You're you're absolutely right, Tim. And um so I think the more we can, uh, you know, just work together and, and uh, everybody reach a common goal. And uh, because, like I said, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, enough detractors out there as it is. Oh, absolutely. So. Well, you know, we'll keep working with you, Keith. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I look forward to working with you guys, too. As always. Well, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch soon. And, and Moni says you have to email him back. Yeah. Okay, I will do that. <laughs> All right, Keith, we'll definitely talk to you soon. Okay, God bless, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. And you want, all right, Matt, you want to take that break now? I know that, uh... I know, I'm itching over you. Yeah, you just want to push buttons. You just want to make me stop talking, that's all. You're tired of me already. We've only been on a half an hour. (laughs) All right, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll have a few minutes before the news. We can take your calls at 508-996-0500, We'll be right back here on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hey, man. You up? No. Wake up. I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on. It's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. We've got about three and a half minutes left, so let's go right to the phones. Hi, how you doing? You're on Spooky South Coast. Hi, it's Vicky and Colleen. Hey guys, how you doing? All right. Um, I'm glad you're doing the show again. Well, I think it might have to become an annual tradition. I'm sorry to have to say that. Um, first thing, we want Todd Sheets to know we love him to death. I've been doing investigations with him. He's a great guy. You know, I, I'm, I haven't met him in person yet. I'm hoping to do that at the beginning of May for the first time. But everybody tells me he's wonderful, and all the dealings I've had with him, he's wonderful. So. Oh, he is. He's a great guy. And so, you know, we've talked in the past about this, and we're up against the break here, and we can certainly bring you back in a little bit later on if necessary, but I know you guys have encountered a lot of this kind of crap that we're talking about tonight. Oh, you encounter it everywhere. Yeah. It's it's bad down here in the South. Really? Um, I mean, for what reason do you think that it's it's so bad down there? Is it just because there's so many groups, or? That's part of it, and the fact that, um, you know, it's kind of hard to find investigations and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, we haven't had an investigation in months. And really just because, is it because the few that there are, there's so much competition to get them, or is it? There's too much competition. Yeah. And people are trying to get shows, people are trying to do this, and people need to realize we're trying to prove that there's something beyond the realm of our thinking. And what they don't realize is that if you can prove that, then everybody can have a show. There'll be shows to go around like crazy if we can get actual, real, documented proof. But they're not going for that. It's it's fame. Exactly. You know, I'm out there, and I'm trying to say, hey, you know, people, I'm trying to prove to you what I know. And and, and people just aren't listening. It's, oh, I want fame and fortune. I, I mean, and even if they got it, I mean, they don't have the 
experience or the you know they don't have anything that's really going to help them perpetuate that you know it's one thing if you can get somebody to sign you to do a tv show it's another thing to be able to come up with you know 12 to 20 episodes a year yeah exactly and i've investigated with some of the best you've got one of them right there in your studio i'm sure Oh, they already know that you guys are here, Chris and Andrew. Oh, she means Matt Moniz. Okay. Yeah, I've been investigated with Matt. He's wonderful. People need to sit back and learn from those that know more. Uh, I go out on these investigations, and I learn something every time I'm out. You know what, though? But And you could probably learn from people that don't know anything about the field either from the first oh, yeah. perspective of it, as long as they're being respectful of, of how to handle it. I learned from watching people their first time. It reminds me of when i was first starting out and it's a different mindset you forget to ask those original questions that you first started out with you're already moved on to second and third levels like wait a minute let me go back to the basics again well matt you were with me on my first one yes i was wasn't i yeah brian's thing you know i knew about the paranormal i dealt with the paranormal all my life but i didn't start investigating until then all right well we're coming up on the news so we're gonna have to let you go but you know feel free to join us back a little bit later on in the show all right, guys. Thanks. Have a good night. Keep doing a, a stand-up job, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Colt. Have a good night. Bye. Have a good one, Vic. All right. You too, hon. Good night. Good night. Thanks for crapping all over the legal ID, Monies. Sorry. Talk and sports at AM 1420 and now worldwide at WBSM.com. WBSM New Bedford, Citadel Broadcasting. Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, and we have some guests in the studio with us as well. We have Chris Balzano, the aforementioned administrator of MassCrossroads.com, the Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads. Good evening. We already plugged the book, too. Oh, you did, Gake. Beautiful. In uh, Dark Woods. Cults, Crime, the Paranormal, and the Cults, Free Crime, State the Forest. It's yes. available at a bookstore near you. Yes, it is. And uh, actually, uh, uh, Jeff uh, Belanger's book... Um, uh, Weird Massachusetts has just come out as well, and I'm, I've got some stuff featured there, too. Big, huge announcement that took even Jeff by surprise this week. <laughs> the book is already out and in the bookstores, and I've seen it. Have you Have you got your yeah, copy yeah, already? He, I actually uh, just left him, and he gave me my copy, so it's pretty cool. Outstanding. It's just, it's, 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 of course, it's part of the Weird U.S. series there, so it's the perfect, you know, presentation for these type of stories, little short short uh, versions of the story that you can read through a couple of them at a time but there's so many of them it's jam-packed and it really is i, I told jeff i said you know you just you're gonna go home one day and your daughter's gonna be seven years old because <laughs> you, you the effort he must put into this kind of stuff is, well is it's it's funny i've known him now i think for four years and uh, i just got his cell number and i, <laughs> you know, I, made I was a big, there. you did i made a big <laughs> deal out of it and he said 
I never use my cell phone. I never leave my room. I never leave my office. I, you know, I work so hard, so. Yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. But Weird Massachusetts is out there, and we are going to have Jeff here in the Spooky Studio. He said, if I can drive down for Jason and Grant, I can drive down for Spooky South Coast. As long as you reimburse me gas money, feed me, and yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I guess he's taking a much uh, needed uh, relax tonight. So he left us. Uh, he left the investigation a little early, and uh, he, he's he sitting at home yeah, and enjoying himself. It. But he will be joining us in, a, in, in the coming weeks. You know, things depend on the Celtics playoffs. We know we will be here next week after the Celtics game. So uh, definitely make sure you tune in for that. And uh, but we will get Jeff, and he will do a nice big. You know, weird Massachusetts show. We'll, we'll have you chiming in. We'll have everybody you know, that's can help contribute these stories over the years. And you know, and then of course we have our big annual Bridgewater Triangle show coming up uh, soon too. So we'll have to make sure that we blow Excellent. that one up Excellent. as always. We got new groups that want to sign on this year to go out into the field and, and do some work for us. And of course, our old friends are always invited back as well. So that's just a little bit of the state of the spooky address. Now let's uh, let's talk a little weird. I feel, I feel so very weird. <laughs> the Week in Weird. And we teased the story a little bit at the beginning of the show, but uh, from Newsday down in New York. Yeah, New York. Yankee country. Paranormal experts says ghosts won't be moving to the new Yankee Stadium. And, and folks, these are the words of the, the great writer Stephen Marcus. So uh, if it gets a little cheesy, you can blame Stephen Marcus and, and not myself. The new baseball structure going up in the Bronx may represent something strange in the neighborhood for the ghosts of Yankee lore. They may not so readily transfer their energy from the old rafters to the new suites and skyboxes. With their lease on eternity at the old Yankee Stadium endangered, Perhaps Ruth, Garrick, DiMaggio, and Mantle will opt to become free agent spirits. That's one theory. Dominic Viella, who works for Paranormal Investigation of New York City, has grave doubts that the Yankee ghosts will change addresses. I don't think it is possible to move any type of paranormal activity from one building to the next, he said. Good work, Dominic. Obviously, uh, you've uh, done your study. It is probably going to be tied to that building. The old stadium is going to retain whatever energy it had. It would be nice if you could take some of the old energy over, but I don't think it is possible. Viola thinks the current Yankee Stadium undoubtedly has enormous spiritual vibes. Babe Ruth's energy is contained as a replay in time, he said, like a film loop that maybe could happen again and again if conditions were right. Sounds like something I heard on Ghost Hunter. So when the wind swirls and there is distant thunder, Ruth apparently has lived in the bats of Yankees who have hit dramatic home runs. Viola said that bringing objects from the legendary players could contain energy to jumpstart the new building. Bring over things that were associated with the players, he said. If they leave it at the old stadium, that energy will remain there. Monument Park will be relocated, and the new stadium will have a museum with some memorabilia, but Yankee Chief Operating Officer Lon Trost has something of a satirical approach toward the subject, saying, quote, I have spoken to the ghosts, and they will be coming with us. We have a vehicle to transport them, though you necessarily can't see it. Tross said the current stadium has undergone many changes over the years, and it did not seem to disturb the ghosts. We've changed the dirt here as many times as I've cut my hair, he said. The sod is different, the field is different, the irrigation is different, the lockers look different, even the rodents are different. The most important things, the championship banners and the fans, we are taking with us. But there is another more ghost-friendly thought. For those who worry about the spirits crossing over, 43-year-old lifelong Yankee fan Mickey Bradley said, 
Legends are packing their equipment right now. The co-author of Haunted Baseball said he concluded that for those who believe the Legends will follow into the new stadium. Bradley asked Derek Jeter his thoughts on the ghost of Yankee Pass, and the current team member who is well on his way toward Yankee immortality said, Tradition doesn't change just because you move venues. Bradley never got to interview the hallowed Yankees ghosts, but has no doubt the loyalty of Yankees fans will induce them to follow the team across the street. When they say they... When they say... When... When they say, will the ghosts make the trip over, what they're really saying is, will the team legacy that they love so much, will that great legacy remain intact, even though the walls are coming down? He said, to me, what it is all about is how much the people are loved and are so identified with the team, so the fans don't want to let go of them. So that should bring comfort to the Yankees fans, whose admiration for the legends has never vaporized. So, I don't know. I, I just... <laughs> that story was... Wait, I, uh, I, I, don't, I mean, do residual hauntings pass over? No, but I or mean, is that just one of many glaring? Wacky I think the, the the problem with the story is, you know, they're they're trying to identify it as being a residual haunting without any real investigation done, without any kind of proof, and you know, uh, I would have to think that if these ghosts of Yankee Stadium have been helping along the Yankees players, as people have said for so many years, you know, giving the Yankees that lucky bounce, giving Aaron Boone that home run, you know, if that was the case, then it would be an intelligent haunt. And, you know, maybe it is possible to transfer that energy. And obviously, you know, he's never heard of anything following people home, attaching themselves to things. He's never heard. I don't know. This. Uh, yeah, that was that was his really great moment, though. I mean, he really, you know, how many times is he going to be asked for an interview? That makes that makes a national vapor. So you, you mean Dominic? Dominic yeah. Viola? Yeah. Should have called him and given him a chance to. Yeah. Kind of explain because, his story a little you bit. You know, more I'd like to know why he thinks that. I'd be interested, too. And, but you could probably watch Ghost Hunters too. All right, <laughs> Matt Costa, what do you have for us? All right, from uh, Guardian Unlimited, psychics must add a disclaimer before they invoke sp- voices of the dead. Thanks to new consumer laws, due to come in force, come into force in the UK. A whole list of disclaimers must be added to the spir- spiritualist spiel following the repeal next month of the Fraudulent Mediums Act to, rep- to be replaced by the new consumer protection regulations. Promises to raise the dead, secure good fortune, or heal through the laying of hands are all at, are all at the risk of legal action from disgruntled c- customers. Spiritualists say that they will be forced to issue disclaimers such as this is a scientific experiment, the results which cannot be guaranteed. They claim the new regulations will leave them open to malicious, malicious civil action by skeptics. The problem is that the very little in the million, in the multi-million pound psychic in- industry, as Britain is free, and anyone charging or accepting gifts in exchange for the services bound by the new regulations, there are charges for seances, tarot, psychic readings, and clairvoyance. Spiritualist church service goers are charged or asked for donations, psychic mailings, letters promising spiritual services in exchange for a check are estimated to have cost Britons over 40 million pounds in 2006 and 7 according to the Office of Fair Trade Research. For the, for the past half century, genuine mediums have been protected by the 1951 Fraudulent Medium, Mediums Act, under which prosecutors had to prove false, um, prove fraud or dishonest, dishonest intent to secure a criminal conviction, which was difficult. There, was, there have been fewer than 10 convictions in the past 20 years. With that protection gone, There'll be nothing between the medium and the trade standards officer who need 
not to prove not to prove fault. Well, I believe that story was also posted up on the the forum at SpookySouthCoast.com. I know you got it from Guardian Unlimited. You said I did, and I think uh, I think her name was Lynette or somebody posted it up on the message board. So whoever did, because Matt used it, even though he it's didn't use it sticker. from you, you still win the bumper sticker. So just uh, get a hold of us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and we will send you a bumper sticker for that. But uh, Matt, what do you think? I mean, I, I know that you have a lot of belief issues with a, a number of psychics yeah. and mediums, and well, I'm glad that there's uh, some sort of check and balance mm -hmm. uh, that everybody can't go out there with a a deck of tarot cards and then uh, I don't know. But the, the bad news about this is I can no longer go to Great Britain with my false uh, hands-on healer tactic that I used to meet That's women. Uh, what I like to do is I like to go into plastic surgery, you know, hospitals and say to them, you don't need to resort to this. I can use my hands. <laughs> Jesus, make her breast bigger. And it seems to work. So, I don't know. All right. What do you... It works on the women or works on getting the breast bigger? Jesus, let Matt Moniz tell us his story now. Exactly. Lord help us. From Zena.org. Some of the mystery surrounding the devil and the exorcism is being unveiled in, in a television and internet report series detailing the work of the exorcist of the Diocese of Rome. Society of St. Paul, Father Gabriel Armorth, Rome's exorcist for the past 21 years and a specialist in the figure of Mary, explained that the first edition of the series is how he performs exorcisms. I go to one of Rome's churches, to a parish that is closed during the day, he said. There is a mass that I perform in the morning while the church is closed. Afterwards, I perform a difficult exorcism. I always work with seven to ten people who help me. I use a small bed. Sometimes we even need to tie the people down or simply subdue them. With Christ, the priest said, it is possible to overcome the devil. The exorcist acts in the name of Jesus and with the strength that comes from Jesus. The devil is an angel and therefore a pure spirit created by God and who perverted himself because he rebelled against God. Therefore, he maintains all the characteristics of a proper and pure spirit, such as a very large intelligence, immensely bigger than ours. The devil is pleased by the way he is generally represented with wings and tail and horns like and a bat's wings because these images make him seem ridiculous and help people to believe that he does not exist, the exorcist reported. Father Amoros suggested that a diabol that diabolic problems be separated from psychiatric ones and to do so as an exorcist is needed in every diocese to help in discernment. Normally when a person experiences these conflicts and problems in the f sorry conflicts and problems the first thing he does is see a doctor and psychiatrist he said it's very difficult to distinguish the devil's actions from a psychological problem the person goes into a psychiatrist after years of therapy and obtains no results then he begins to suspect that the problem is not a natural one and goes to a conjurer form who obtains a greater harm. 
This is what normally happens at this point. It is possible that so, someone more experienced in these matters suggests an exorcism. The exorcist confirmed that Satan's great foe of the Virgin Mary. Father Athamoth affirmed that on some occasions God's forces and the forces of the Dark Prince tell the uh, truth. However, the devil's main struggle is to make man fall into sin. To lead a man towards evil is to make him fall into sin. This is the devil's preferred activity, and we are subjected to it from our birth until our death. This thing is poorly written. <laughs> hey, it's from it's from the UK. So, I, actually, I don't know where it came from. I found it on another website. I just steal things from various different websites and don't give proper credit. <laughs> they all say at the very bottom, "Do not rebroadcast in any way." I still do because it's important stuff that people need to know. And speaking of the weak and weird, I just had a really weird moment on my way coming back from uh, my office down the hall. As I was walking by our sister station, uh, Fun 107, I, I heard a uh, female robotic-type singing dance version of Numb by Linkin Park. So, I mean, I think on that note, we can end the Week and Weird right there. But if you have a story that you'd like to submit to the Week and Weird, just go to the forum at SpookySouthCoast.com, drop it in there, and if we read it on the air, you will win a bumper sticker. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Todd Sheets and more on how junior high has the paranormal become. We'll kick it around. You can call in 508-996-0500, We'll be right back here on Spooky South Coast. Lock the doors and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Matt Costa, you got something that you uh, want to inform the masses about? I do. All right. Why don't you share with us? All right. It's uh, the last Friday of the month again. It it is. You know what that means? Capers open Capers meeting. Capers open meeting. And this month it is Dave Fritz, the uh, director of UFO studies of Capers. He brings to you the history of UFOs and the paranormal. Mr. Fritz will bring you back in time when humans walked with the dinosaurs and drew strange markings inside the dwellings that look very similar to what we know now know. We know, we know as extraterrestrial beings and crafts, he will propel you through the centuries of human race and how villages, cities, and continents have seen strange objects in the sky. He will tell you tales of D- World War II sightings and the outcome. The outcome of World War II? I think we know. Uh, Miss, <laughs> Mr. Fritz will hurl you back to the earth and what <laughs> has been spotted. This is serious. In recent years. Uh, all right, Derek wrote that. I'm yeah. pretty sure Derek wrote that. And this is a multimedia presentation, and audience participation is encouraged. And the best part of those Capers meetings is, aside from the coffee and donuts, they're free. It's free. Yeah. 
doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, and, uh, and of course, uh, education. Dave, Dave is, uh, uh, one of the original posters on the Spooky South Coast message I, board back actually, in the old Dave's days. Dave's a pretty adept guy. He does well, know his UFO history. I, I remember you and Dave getting into it on the uh, <laughs> message board back in the old days before he was, he's even part of Capers. And now he is the director of uh, UFO studies for Capers. So if you'd like to find out more, you can go to their website, capers.com, C-A-I-P-R-S.com, and uh, maybe we'll even see you there. So uh Thanks for telling us about that, Matt. No problem. All right. And now joining us on the line, we have a special guest. It's, it's always a little daunting in my position here as being the ringleader of this three-ring circus to, to talk to another another paranormal talk show host because, you know, it's... it's the, the, the and he's com- actually really good. He's, he's much better than you. I'm sorry. I know, I know. The, <laughs> the camaraderie is always there, but it, the inferiority just rises to the surface when I when I talk to people such as our guest. And we have legendary horror film director and host of Nightwatch, and it is probably the the, I don't know, it, it's one of the ultimate paranormal shows in my opinion because of the approach Todd takes, and so he's going to fit in perfectly with what we're talking about tonight. I was going to say, in the anti- uh Junior higher. I mean, I don't know anyone that hasn't met him who doesn't say he's like the nicest guy in the paranormal. Exactly, and he's a huge Batman fan, which <laughs> just makes him even cooler in my eyes. All right, Todd is joining us. How are you, Todd Sheets? Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We thank you for joining us, knowing that you've uh, you've been a bit under the weather. Yeah, I have. It's it's been one of those things, you know, a little bit of that walking pneumonia stuff going around. Oh, so if you cough up a lung, we'll forgive you while you're on. There. <laughs> well, thank you. So, and now I'm sure that everybody listening has, has heard Nightwatch, but just kind of give everybody a rundown uh, of the show and, and what you guys do uh, if they are unfamiliar. Well, a Nightwatch is basically a, uh, a talk show about things that can bump in the night, um, very much like Spooky South Coast and, and other shows of our type. Mm-hmm. Uh, we promote positive energy. Um, we have a lot of different kinds of things. Uh, it, it's such a weird show because one week we'll have Sage Stallone on talking about all the things he's doing in the film world, and then the next week, you know, we'll have a, a guy calling in from Batman on film, Jet, who's just an amazing guy, and then the next week we'll have, you know, Jason from Taft. It just depends on, because all these things go bump in the night, so they mm-hmm. all kind of fit. <laughs> and, and that's our approach, too. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, just the the research end of things it doesn't have to be just the investigation end of things you know there's a lot of different things you can bring to the table and still have it fall under you know what it is people who are the audience of our shows want to hear it's true it's true i, I just say you know variety it, it's fun i mean you, you never know what you're going to get it's kind of like a cracker jack box and one of my one of my favorite night watches is the one you were talking about when you had Jet from Batman on film, and it was you know right after we had heard about Heath Ledger's passing, and just the the show that you guys did. I mean, it, first of all, it comes through that you're such fans, but also, I mean, that was a tough situation that you guys handled with great class. I remember ta- we talked to John Zaffis what the day after Ed Warren passed, you know, and and people when they try to you know get these type of shows together, and we you know we try to get these scoops, it takes a kind of a different breed of person to be able to address these topics and, and do it in a kind of a caring and, and somewhat you know safe and cautious way and i think you guys handled that perfectly and that just shows as we're talking about here you know that you're one of these people that are tuned in to the type of psychology you need to be plugged into this community i just treat people the way i hope to be treated it's all about respect and like that night about heat we were so torn up uh when we got the news and we were like, well, what, what, 
you know, what should we do? Of course, we want to talk about heat and honor him, but at the same time, we don't want people to think we're exploiting what he was doing. And uh, we just did what our hearts told us to do. You know, we felt like we needed to let people know that Heath Ledger uh, loved the, the part that he played in that film. It was his favorite movie part to date, and that uh, he relished every moment of it, and that we should look at that as a testament to his talent and not try to uh, take away from all the great work he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many times, too, when we're talking about uh, things of that nature, you know, it, it just takes one wrong phrase or, you know, one thing that's said incorrectly, and people will jump all over you for it. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine that you got any kind of backlash uh, from, from that particular episode, but there must have been incidences where, you know, you've, you've said something on the air where it's kind of caused a, a slight controversy. Well, you know what, since I first started, um, you know, I, I, I was not a uh, paranormal um, investigator or anything of the sort. I was, a, I, I was asked to do a talk show because I made horror movies in this area, and, uh, and people said, man, you're the horror guy. You know about this stuff. We want you to do a, a show like this. And my, my producer, Juke, and I talked about it, and it took me a few months to even agree. We went forward with it, and, uh, and I was just doing it from the perspective of, look, who I, who I had to look up to, there were very few shows out at that time, and Art Bell was the dude, so I, I would look to Art Bell, and at the time, George Norrie was just coming in, and I was like, you know, George, you know, is, is great, and I would kind of try to listen to them and see how they handled things, but at the same time, I'm still a pain because I'm blunt, and I'm straight up, and so, yeah, I've had a lot of controversy, mainly because I name names. Like, a lot of shows will gripe, and, and, and they'll kind of keep things in the surface, but with me, I came right out and named who the problem was and told them to straighten their act up or get the hell out. And uh, that kind of freaks some people out, I think, at first. See, and, but you're lucky enough that you can do that because, you know, you've got the support of your night watchers and your audience. I mean, you know, if we tried to do that here on WBSM, and that's why I've been really, you know, strict about tonight if people call in, they can't really name any names, say any groups' names because, you know, we'll get sued. And well, it, 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 could ha- it just depends, I guess, on how you do it, because, I mean, you know, Nightwatch is on a lot of the M&F and FM stations, too, and we have the same kind of rules you guys do, the FCC's on our mm-hmm. back, too, but at the same time, you just have to, there, is, there are legal, you know, just talk to your lawyer, there's ways to get around that, especially with people who really need to be exposed, and only because, and I don't like doing it, but sometimes you get to the point where you're like, you know what, if I don't name names, this person's going to burn about another hundred people before That's the true. week's over. That's true, but you're you're also you know you're an entity outside of those stations that those stations are are working with. We're kind of we just sneak in here once they close oh, down for the night. Yeah, that makes sense because that's true. Because as an affiliate, they can kind of send like if if the FCC were to come after the show, they would come after the show, not the station. Yeah, see, so we, we they they don't even know we're here actually. So if somebody <laughs> was to actually file paperwork or anything, they'd be like, "How'd you guys get in?" Then they'll find out that the back doors, you know, we put the paper in it so we can sneak in each week and that's awesome. <laughs> you guys but, you guys are a class act i mean you guys got a good show you always have had and and, well, and the coolest thing was meeting you know and i haven't got to meet you tim yet but i got to meet matt face to face and it was like it was kind of i don't know how to describe it but you talk to people and you you kind of you know you work in the radio field and you kind of converse back and forth and you hear about each other and then you finally get to meet and some people you get to meet and you go wow that guy's kind of cool some people you get to meet and you go wow I connected with that dude, and he's awesome. Was you know, and that's kind of how it was with Matt. I thought. I thought the same thing, Todd. Uh, I have great respect for you. I love your show. I, yours is one of a handful of paranormal shows I will download on a podcast and actually listen to. 
And oh, I actually well, like I, li- I like the like the ones about the movies because that's how I find out what's coming up in the upcoming movies. There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, but you know, and we've we've discussed this, and we've talked about it here on Spooky South Coast, and I know I've talked about it with Chris Balzano, who's here in the studio with us too. And but there are these huge number of shows popping up, and yeah. and, and you said it, you know, and, and people have said it in the past. Uh, it. it all you need is a microphone and an internet connection or a, even a telephone now and, and a website or a MySpace, and you've got a radio show. And, and people aren't bringing to it the accountability that needs to be behind that. First of all, they're not bringing the, the programming that needs to be part of that. And, you know, we try to make sure we get interesting guests, and Nightwatch always gets interesting guests, and, you know, that's where the content really comes from. Uh, but so many people are just doing this to promote themselves or their group or to just get their two cents in. And they're the kind of people that are going after others because, you know, when it doesn't work for them, they just go after the ones that it works for. Well, I think there's a positive and a negative. Of course, when you, you know, when it started out and there was like seven of us, you know, or, or even three in the very early days, and, and people are like going, wow, you know, they, they, people were hungry for the paranormal. And at that time, Coast to Coast AM would only do every once in a while, like mm-hmm. Ghost to Ghost shows where they talk about this kind of stuff, and they'd have an EVP show every blue moon. And so people wanted it. And, and we were filling that gap, but the problem is now, and especially when you're dealing with affiliate markets, I mean, you know, all the affiliates will tell you now, God, they get so many packages, so many emails, so many phone calls now that they don't even listen to shows anymore. They're, they're burnt out on the whole thing, and the problem is everyone has good intentions, I believe, and it's great because a lot of these groups that are doing it, you can tune in and listen to how their investigations went and stuff, and that's really interesting to me because I'm like, not being an investigator, I learn something every time I listen to one, no matter how horrible blog talks quality is you know i still enjoy some of the shows just because i i I know the groups and i'm like okay i'll give it a listen and and they're nice people the thing is i think the negative side comes in when you've got now i I think when you do a search there it's like eight thousand paranormal shows that's astronomical and who who could we do them all if you're brand new you can't we do them on it and some people are not using them for the right reasons they're using them you know for ego or to promote an agenda that sometimes isn't very healthy or that's negative. And, but as long as people are just out there trying to promote, you know, uh, education of some kind, I'm behind them. I mean, even if the show quality isn't there, I still give them the benefits. I'm like, look, at least they're trying to educate people and they're doing it in a positive way and they're trying to just let people know what they find. And that's cool. And, and so I see both sides. It, it's hard for me because I'm, so, I'm friends with so many people that have shows and yet, and I know you are too. And so it's hard sure. because I don't want to offend any of our friends. But at the same time, there are people out there that are using things like blog talk and things for negative reasons. And that's what we gripe about. And so when we gripe about it, then our friends that we like, that we like their shows, are getting offended because they don't realize, well, we're not talking about them at all. We're talking about this. Yeah. A few bad apples, you know? And, and first of all, I mean, we're, we'd never be ones to complain about show quality. I mean,. Anybody that's listened to the live stream of our shows knows how bad they can actually go, and we're just putting out a nice, polished, pre-edited podcast when we, you know, most people are hearing hearing what's uh, already been run through the ringer. Uh, but when we're here live, you know, we're, we're coffee cans and string all the way. That's but, awesome. No, that's, that's totally right. I mean, there's so many shows that no matter what the medium is that you're using to get your voice out there, and that's what the Internet's for, you know, they're doing a great job, but, uh, you know, they're being brought down by some of these other ones that are that are bringing in the negativity and bringing in the shameless self-promotion. I know, Chris Balzano, you wanted to make a point. Uh, yeah, I mean, as someone who's been on 799 of, of those, uh, 7,999. Does this make 800? Oh, no, you've yeah, already been no, on this I've already one. been on this. Uh, 
Um, I can definitely tell that so Todd, by the way, this is the Pukwudgie guy in case you didn't recognize me by name. <laughs> oh, cool. um, but uh, I mean, it was completely different doing uh, doing that show because you know I got calls a week before, I got calls the day of, and then you know even in the breaks it was like, okay, so listen, this is how the direction we're going to go in. Is there something you want to talk about? You know, it it just kind of adds that added uh, air of uh, professional professionalism to it that really kind of makes a difference. And and a lot of those pod, a lot of those blog radio shows are doing a lot of good work. But I mean, there's definitely tiers that we're starting to see or to see develop, and Nightwatch is definitely on that upper tier. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. It, it, the thing is, it's just, you know, I just try to entertain people. That first, I mean, I know it sounds funny, and it's, and we do want to bring entertainment, but, and we want to bring education, and we want to bring positive energy, but, you know, and I'll always give everyone in the paranormal a voice, no matter what. I don't care if it's a guy who just started yesterday or if it's a guy that's 100 years doing it, and he's like this old ancient guy from Chinatown. He's got a space anyway because he's just cool. But, uh, well, that's the Mugwai connection. That's how you get the Mugwais. <laughs> that's right. That is exactly it. But, yeah, I'm like, you know, my thing is, golly, man, just, you know, just entertain people, too. That's my thing. I, I want to entertain when people listen to the show. And if I'm able to do that for one person, man, that's all that matters. Hell with ego. Every time I get on there, I'm so damn nervous. I, I'm, like, freaking out. I forget how to do it, like, from the week before. I'm going, how do I do this? I don't know. And then it kicks in, and I do it. And then afterwards, I go, guy, fuck. <laughs> Oh yeah, we do the same thing. I mean, we're we're standing out in the parking lot here for you know twenty minutes for half an hour afterwards, critiquing what we did, and then you know Matt Cost and I will listen to the podcast later on in the week and be like, all right, let's not do that again. All right, let's not do that again. Uh, but but that's the difference though too is we understand and there are a number of shows that do understand that just because the paranormal is essentially an amateur field, it doesn't mean that paranormal radio or paranormal media of any type has to be an amateur field. I mean, you need to have some sort of you know, right. direction and some sort of game plan in mind when you're doing it. Right, yeah. Well, and that's kind of required for anything. You have to polish it up, you know. It's got to be, I mean, it's a radio show. I mean, for God's sakes, i gotta, I got to answer to a lot of people. You know, I've got to have it. I've got to have it up there, and it's got to sound right. And if it doesn't, then I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm going to lose listeners. I'm going to lose affiliates. I'm going to lose uh, the whole reason I'm doing this is for the audience. I mean, God knows none of us are making any money. We're just doing it because we love it. Exactly. We actually have a couple calls here for you, Todd, if you don't mind cool. taking them. No problem. No problem. All right. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Todd Sheets of Nightwatch. How are you doing? Hello? Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Right. Is this your last show or something, you guys? Our, our last show? Well, I don't do you, know. It's do just, you, I, um... you know something we don't? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't, coming. but you sounded like you got in trouble, like you can only say certain things. Oh, no, I no. Like we're, we, we could get in trouble. We're just yeah. trying to play it safe. Well, that was pretty funny, though, about leaving the matchbook in the door. That's, like, good thinking. I like the way you think. Oh, that's how, that's how we get in the building, yeah. That's how I get in at home, too. My wife changes all the locks. Oh, well, I'm glad to know it's not your last show, because I've been, I've been like, I had, like, between work on Saturdays, the times that I've been working a lot of Saturdays, and I my little hiatus in New Hampshire, I haven't listened for a while. And that's I was okay, because like, we haven't oh, been on I, for a while, so it works out well that way. That's precisely right. Well, you know, I was listening to the Red Sox earlier and so forth. But like the the fact is is that I, I the way you sounded I thought maybe you got in trouble or your show was being canceled and stuff and that and and, and it was just made me feel bad because um that time you had that gentleman that wrote the book and he said he kept seeing roses well that was my grandmother's name she died today she's like she was like ninety seven so I haven't heard the show for a while and when I heard you people. I heard you going off. Yeah, it just made me feel a little bit sad because I did 
Have, it was like serendipity that like it's the first time I've listened or the first time you've been on. No, can you? Uh, it reminded me of that's all. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Has listening to our show helped you? Have we taught you stuff? Has it made a Have difference? Help me. <laughs> no, help help you learn things. Well, I find it interesting, and it's let, let, let's face it, it's not like um, there are many inexplicable things of many different kinds. For as many people as there are in this world, how many worlds are out? And a linear mentality is what like a lot of people have. They don't leave their mind open so that mm-hmm. life can just all you got to do is life can just drop things into it. You know what I mean? Leave that right. mind open, and you know, but you you can't deny what your eyes or your heart or what you know. So you know that there are other things than like just what seems to be around you. Really, there are like many things, probably. Sure, and we'll so, keep exploring them each and every week. And it's interesting. I I really like those like weird stories too. That they were fun. They were fun. I'm, I'm glad you're not going off the no. air. We're not going anywhere, and we don't want you to go anywhere. Hey, listen, you, you come back every Saturday. So that's right. That's right. So right. you know, you, you know, your reading skills, your your guys are they a lot to be desired. I thought you were blazing a while, but that was. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that would be me. <laughs> on, on that note, they are coming here to take us off the earth. We're gonna have to let you go. All right, peace. All right, thanks. Have a good night. One of our one of our regular callers, Todd. All right, we have another call here. <laughs> Hopefully, this one isn't gonna pick on us too much. <laughs> good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Todd Sheets of Nightwatch. How you doing? All right, it's Vicky and Colleen again. Hey guys, how are you? Um, Todd, I wanted to tell you. You keep saying you are not a paranormal investigator. I beg to differ, my dear friend. Oh, my. It's Vicky. I'm going to get my butt kicked now. <laughs> yeah, it's your little evil one, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. She's the evil one. When I see her, I go, here's trouble. But, but Todd, wouldn't you say that you've been able to become something of an investigator by being able to, to work with these people and learn from them, just as you know we're, we're I, talking about here? Yeah, you know what I will say? Uh, working with people like Vicky here and, uh, and all the great night watchers, and you know what? They, they do teach me something every single time, but I have such respect... And they spend so many hours every week studying this subject and and so many hours processing their information that they collect. And, and they really devote a lot of their lives to it, and I don't have the time to do that. So I don't think I'm I'm worthy, I guess, of the title yet. But I'm, I think I'm getting there. I think every time I do an investigation, I, I get a step closer. And I, and I really, really, I can't thank them enough because it, I did a, a couple of investigations, actually a few with Vicki here, and uh, one of my most memorable was the Ashmore Estate. And, yeah, and man, where I ran out. <laughs> woo, boy, that was something else. And I tell you what, I learned a lot that night even. You know, just a, it was a smaller thing, and it turned out amazing. And, and man, it just, every time we do something, it just gets better and better. And, and, and they teach me stuff every time. So you're right. You know, I, I do investigate, and I, and I have learned, but I just feel like that is a very honorable title. And, uh, and I look at people who are dedicating their lives to it, people like everyone in the Night Watchers, like, like Vicky here, like, like you guys, and, and like, you know, the Ghost Hunters on TV, and like Marcus Leader, who, you know, is always creating some kind of cool, you know, gadgets, and people are dedicating their lives to this, and those people deserve all that credit, not me. You know, I'm just bringing them an area to give a voice and a platform to tell everyone about it. That's kind of my, my, my role, but I am getting better. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta watch up for doors. Investigating at Ashmore. Well, yeah. Todd was great at Ashmore. 
Todd, what you could do is you could just ride the fence like Matt Cost and I do, where what we do is we know we, we tell people, we come out and say outright, look, we're not paranormal investigators, but then when the situation calls for us to be paranormal investigators, and we say, yeah, okay, fine, we're paranormal investigators, because we'll speak for them, but uh, okay. you know we won't speak instead of them is, right. is the way we try to look at it. That's pretty cool, yeah. And plus, you know, we ride fences about everything around here. <laughs> we, we don't take any positions. We don't take any stands. Then we don't okay. cause controversy. That could cause a real pain in the buttocks, though. <laughs> <laughs> it does. No, you're right. I mean, you you have to stand up for what you believe in, and you have to stand up when you think things are, you know, when people are being treated unfairly or being treated wrongly. Yeah, I, I tend to do that a little bit. <laughs> well, Todd, you know we're on your side. I appreciate it. Right. Well, thank you, ladies, for checking in. I'm glad we could uh, put you on with Todd again. Well, I just wanted to make sure Todd knew he is a good investigator. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> I happen to agree. I, I had fun hanging out with you in Volcano, brother. Man, I tell you what, I'm all over your blushing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies, for checking back in. All right. You take care. Y'all have care. a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, no. yep, that was Matt's quick on the button tonight. Quick, quick, quick button. <laughs> but, you know, Todd, talking about the Night Watchers and, and talking about, you know, what it is that you guys are doing with that organization, I mean, why don't you tell people about some of the investigations that you have coming up and, and how this whole organization works? Well, you know, uh, Night Watchers started because I'd get a lot of emails through the radio show, people saying, hey, how can we, you know, we've only got like five people in our group, how can we get into Waverly, or how can we get into this place, or some people would write in, hey, I just got burned really bad by a group, or some just said, I wish I could find a group. And you get so many of these, and you feel like, God, you feel helpless. So I was like, well, what can I do? So I kind of thought, why don't I put together like just a message board for everybody? That was the basic idea, and then it grew from there. Well, why don't we just start a little, like a paranormal group, that all groups can be a part of. That's kind of nationwide. So if a group with five people wants to get together, this other group with five people, and they want to hook up with some people, suddenly they got enough people to go and pay the money and go to these locations that a lot of people couldn't get into. And, and a lot of the, the bigger events that go on there are so expensive that the smaller groups can't afford those either. Mm-hmm. So we put it together like that, and it was just a kind of a thing where it was like, hey, let's try something here. And next thing I know, I mean, 1,500 people. It's, not even, it's now almost officially a year. Uh, it'll be a year next month, and I'm like, holy cow, you know, I didn't know this was going to happen. And if people want to know about it, they just go to nightwatchers.info, that's www.nightwatchers.info. If they want to know about the trips or the, the, the investigations only, um, that's at www.nightwatchersevents.com, all one word, nightwatchersevents.com. But honestly, uh, you can also do the same thing by nightwatchers.info to click on the investigations area. You can be a I mean, the thing about it is it's kind of like a family. It's like everybody has different opinions and ideas, but everyone works together to bring it together, and that's really the main idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, the thing that people are kind of surprised about is nobody's making any profit here. You know, now sometimes, like if a, like if a place will charge us $105 a person or $95 a person, whatever, we'll tack on a few bucks to cover the bank and to cover PayPal because sure, all yeah. those places I found out the hard way. Uh, the first couple of times, I didn't charge a surcharge, and uh, that came out of my pocket. So I was like, oh, that's no fun. After a few hundred dollars of that, you're like, oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I learned to charge a few bucks over just to pay the bank. But no one's making profit here. No one's, uh, This is not our, our job. So we just want people to get together and have fun and be able to investigate all these amazing places. And some places we've done are free. Some places we've done are really cheap. It just depends. You guys know how it is. Yeah, I mean, sure. if, if people, you know, are like Waverly, they need that money to renovate. And if they're needing that money to survive, well, we're going to help them. You know, we want to investigate. They need the money. It's, it's a mutual thing. So 
works out okay, you know. And I know that you've got one coming up next month here in our neck of the woods, uh, coming to the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast in Fall River. And we just did our first event there, of, you know, the same type of approach. Uh, last month we had a great res- uh, last couple weeks ago we had a great response, and uh, but your prices even beat ours. But part well, of the problem is we forgot to uh, include tax for the rooms, so yeah. <laughs> that yeah, kind of came yeah. out of our pocket, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that happened to me at the Stanley Hotel, and that ended up being about 700 and something dollars. Wow. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think ours was only like 30 35 bucks, but I mean, still, I mean, <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing, and, you know, you're just getting into this kind of stuff, too, so, I mean, if you're trying to keep it affordable for everyone, and you're just trying to think of how is the cheapest way I can get people into these locations. That's it, and I just try to make sure that, like, I don't, I personally don't pick the locations. I let people send me emails, and after I get, like, a certain, like, I'll, you know, I'll wait till I get, like, eight or ten emails about the same location, and I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll go and talk to the location and try to set it up. Um, now, some of them, I have to admit, were, were my idea, because I knew everyone liked Waverly, and I had to go there. So sure. It was like, oh, man, i got to do this, and I did. But in the St. Augustine Lighthouse was the same way. Now, I had, I had had some requests for that, but I was already gung-ho on it before I even got the request, so. I love that place. Well, and now when you're coming here next month, is that sold out already, or are there a few spots you know left? I believe that it's pretty much gone. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I may have actually overbooked by a couple of people. I've got to, I was, it's really hard on PayPal, as you know, because your invoices are in a weird system, so you're mm-hmm. going through trying to make sure everything's organized. And I may have, like, overbooked by, like, two people, but that thing is, wow, it went, people love the Lizzie Borden house, and... The thing is, I got you guys coming, and you guys are like the pros about the Lizzie Borden house. You guys, that's like your second home. I'm so excited. I have my own key to the place. I know. It's awesome. And if, if Moniz is there and you've overbooked, just make him leave. That's what we do. We make him wait out in the barn, or we make him you know, hang out in the basement. He doesn't mind. Well, if I, if I make him leave, I'm in trouble because he's going to be taking me with him. <laughs> yeah, Todd's staying at my place. Oh, well, well there you go. Well, he's the guy that's cooking your food, too, so... I'm just like, where's the jack-in-the-box? I was going to say, you know, we got the bad news for you. There's no jack-in-the-box out here. <laughs> I know, and I'm bummed. I looked on their website. I was about to cry. You have to bring some with you, I think. Does it travel well, the jack-in-the-box? I don't think it does. I just, I've never tried it. I've never can get very far before I eat it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's the problem. But uh, Matt will uh, provide you with some great cuisine, and he'll take you to some of our, our local places here. And uh, I don't know if they'll make you forget jack-in-the-box, but they might ease the burden a little bit. And, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, when I get in there Friday, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to hook up with uh, Mass Paranormal for for a little bit, and hang out with Tom and, and the crew, and then the next day I'm all excited because I'm gonna be hooking up with Matt and uh, doing the Lizzie Borden, hanging out with him, staying over at his place, and then Sunday I'm heading back home. But I want to stay longer, but I I have to get back home. You know how that goes with family. Oh yeah, and and we're thinking about if it, if it's cool with you, we're thinking about bringing the remote studio with us. And sure. uh, maybe uh, setting up in a little corner somewhere and, and, and having you pop on for a couple minutes if you can. Oh, man, you guys are welcome to do anything you want. And you have to come back with us when, when the new Batman movie comes out. We have to do some Batman stuff. Oh, you know I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, I got a phone call yesterday from Harvey Dent. See, I'm signed up for all this crazy stuff. There's a, <laughs> there's a huge viral marketing campaign going on with this movie. And Harvey Dent called yesterday and gave me this... Uh, this, this petition thing I'm supposed to do, and then he asked me like four questions I had to, to answer by pushing a button on the phone. It was crazy, but there, I got a phone call from the Joker once. It was crazy. I mean, it is incredible the stuff they're doing. That's just, yeah. I mean, they're they're way ahead of the game on this stuff, and I think it's going to pay off in the long run. It's going to be a huge one. It is. 
And I wasn't really a fan of Batman Begins, but I have to say, listening to your show, it brought me around on it. <laughs> well, good, good. I, I, You're crazy. Yeah, I had... I, that movie was insane. You know what it was, though? You know what it was? I, I, like what normally happens to me in a movie, I fell asleep and got lost. <laughs> uh, the trials and tribulations of a narcoleptic. I don't do that too often. I, I've, I've actually fallen asleep a couple of times um, in a movie, and uh, both times they were, like, not very good. So I can honestly say when I tried to go back and watch them, I never understood why I tried. Uh, in full, in the interest of full disclosure here, I have not watched Lord of the Rings films because I've fallen asleep every time I've tried to watch them. By no fault of their own, just the circumstances that I was trying to watch them in. You know, uh, zonked out. A, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Mine was that dang Robin Williams insomnia movie of all things. I know, that's, that's a weird one to fall asleep on, huh? You think it's built into the title, you wouldn't fall asleep. <laughs> I, I know, it was like the opposite. It was like, it was like, it wasn't no dose, I'll tell you that. It was bad. It was like a, it was like a video sleeping pill. I was just like, <sighs> I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you for joining us, Todd. We definitely look forward to, I at least want to meet up with you and meet you face to face and say hello and, Oh, and, you, well, you're, you better be there, man. I know Matt's going to be there and you better be there too, man. And it's all about, it's all about working together and, and you guys, you guys are welcome to do anything. Matt already knows this. Hell, he's already. I'm already trying to whip him all over the country. So, you know, you're welcome too. You guys, you guys are, you know, are welcome to do anything. I, I, I did notice. That. I, I noticed that you signed Matt up for a few of your investigations. We're gonna have to get you a better headshot of him, though. <laughs> <laughs> he looks scary. People aren't gonna well, sign yeah. up for those trips, man. He looks like a mass murderer in some of those. That's awesome. That's even better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. You well, thank, have a good night. thank you, Todd. We'll Thanks, all be sorry. tuning in to Night Watch for sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Good night. That is Todd Sheets, the host of Nightwatch. I know that we have a caller on the line there, but uh, we are up against the news break here. However, if it's all right with the silent assassin, because he's the one running the boards, want to go overtime? Sure. All right, we're going to go to 1230 then. We'll come back after the news, and we'll talk with Andy and Chris about their experiences in the junior high aspect of the paranormal. We'll also take your calls, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And, you know, maybe you want to just call up and complain about this show you listen to on Saturday nights and how junior high those guys are. That's fine. We don't mind. Just uh, don't tell us that we're bad readers. <laughs> we do the best we can. So uh, we will be back with more following the midnight news, and then you know it's it's going to be Sunday. So, it's what's the date going to be? Twentieth. Yeah. Twentieth of April. Four twenty. Does that mean anything? Just know. make sure these guys don't all walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Broadcast. So what do we call this? 
half hour number four. <laughs> We're back with more Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, Matt Costa, and Matt Moniz along as well. We also have Andy Lake from Greenville Paranormal Research, and we have Chris Balzano from the Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads and the number one smash hit bestseller, Dark Woods, Cults, Crime, and the Paranormal in the Freetown State Forest. And you know what we'll do since you're here and you're our guest in the studio? Okay. We will tell people they can order the book by going to masscrossroads.com. Yes. Because generally what we have here is this new thing where we have an Amazon store on spookysouthcoast.com and we're pushing people to buy it through our website so that we can make some, some percentages off. But we'll push Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got my first royalty check uh, about a week ago and it was a... Smashing eleven dollars and eighty cents. That's awesome. So that it's great. If uh, if uh, maybe hopefully with the next check, I can actually buy the book online. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just want to make enough off my first book to buy my second book when it comes out. So, because God knows you're not getting a free copy from the publisher. No, no. So every forty cents, I really appreciate. So thank you. <laughs> But definitely go out and buy the book. I've heard so many great things from people that have read the book, and I, I encourage every one of them to go on Amazon, wherever they bought the book from, put up a review. Uh, but a number of people have told us how much they've enjoyed People who have no idea where Freetown is. Some people don't even know what Massachusetts right. is. But they just, you know, they, they read the book and they like the stories. They've heard you on this show, on other shows, and, you know, they just want to find out more. And everybody, I'm telling you, you've said it before, from being known as the Puckwudgie guy, you're quickly becoming known as the Zombies in the State Forest guy. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm actually thinking about perhaps uh, even uh, focusing my eye on that for uh, my next book once I uh, get these uh, last two under my, uh, under my belt, uh, doing something about zombies, because there's really actually not a zombie book out there. No, there's no zombie guy really to call when you want to do a zombie show, so... You'd have to be our guy. And, you know, if you say, if you combine the two and you make me Pazami, <laughs> it actually sounds a little like Balzato, so. Yeah, it it's better than being a, zom- a Zomwudgie, too. A Zomwudgie, yeah. yeah. So. So, uh, but, hey, you know. We didn't run anything. We, were, we just came back from the Freetown State Forest. We didn't run into any Puckwudgies, although uh, there were definitely some uh, some uh, things on the evidence that we might have to look at later that were unexplained that happened, but no Puckwudgies. A lot and, of ticks, though. And you'll keep us up to date, and you're going to talk about this on, on Ron's show? Is that... Is that where you? Uh, I was actually on Ron's show. Um, I went up there with New England Paranormal, mm-hmm. um, Pro, New England Ghost Project, I should say rather, and um, I was on his show on Thursday actually, and we talked about it a little bit. So, uh, but it will be it will be a uh, part of his Ghostly Chronicles uh, webcast that he has through Ghost Village. Yep, just go to ghostvillage.com, and they're the official radio show of Ghost Village. So you'll see a little link on the side to listen. And while you're on Ghost Village, you can order your copy of Weird Massachusetts. Too. Right. That's the best thing about going over time. It turns into a huge plug fest. It does, and uh, and actually, uh, we shot a little bit of the uh, of a webisode for uh, Weird Mass there while we were there as well. So excellent! You'll be able to see my uh, you'll be able to see me running, which is not something uh, that many people have uh, been uh, privy to. So you know, totally as a total side note, and I'll just tell the story because you know it's late and and we're we're basically the only people listening, and our our guests that we have on the line who are making weight. But uh, I actually was in downtown New Bedford the other night, and I was I was grabbing something to eat, and I had parked at the newspaper office, and about you know four blocks away was the restaurant where I was at. And while I'm waiting for my food, they called me and said, "Hey, your car is blocking somebody in the driveway. You got to move it out so that they can get out." And I actually ran the four blocks from down there to down there. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was like, "That is why I don't run from the paranormal when right, I have right, these right. experiences. It's not because." I'm not scared or, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not scared, but I don't run because, you know, I'm afraid that I'll collapse 200 yards later and have a heart attack and they'll take me to the hospital. Well, so. even though we, uh, we definitely had, uh, 
the use of uh, Andrew's truck tonight when we were out there in the forest. I probably walked a good 17,000 miles tonight, so my <laughs> knee's hurting, and I had to restrain someone in the you, middle of the in the middle of the sonnet ledge. So you, you could use your uh, you could use your royalties check to buy a, a pedometer. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, Especially considering my wife gets them for free, but yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, that, we we probably have one kicking around here somewhere that we use as investigative equipment. So what I need is a leg brace right now, something for my knees. Uh, well, ben Gay. For for your knee support, not from the law. Not no, from no, okay. no, no, yeah. All right, why don't we go to the phone lines where we have on the line, waiting patiently, I'm sure, is Kristen Gartland from TAPS, and you watched her on recent episodes of Ghost Hunters, too. Kristen, we were very happy to see you on Ghost Hunters again. <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, uh, now, I the only one that I've seen. I'm, I'm still a few episodes behind. It was the house in in Norton. Uh, yep. Is that the only one that you've appeared on so far this season? Or um, yeah, there'll be some more coming up though. Okay, cool. Nothing you can tell us about though. No. Okay. Well, that good ha- ones though. I can tell you that it's going to be good. Uh, uh, now, when I was listening to uh, to Chris kind of tell them about the case, and she said, you know, it's out in Bristol County, and when she said the name of the family, I was thinking it was probably going to be a little bit close to us. I wasn't expecting it to be out in Norton. I didn't even know that was Bristol County. I didn't either. Um, I we just, I just have known it as Norton. I don't know counties from you know. Yeah. I don't even know what county I'm in now. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the interesting thing is Lauren Coleman has actually been chronicling a lot of the uh, paranormal that goes on in that area. Oh, really? Yeah, so maybe, you know, you might want to hook up with him and share him some of the... Uh, I'm sure he watched the show, too, but, I mean, you might want to just let him know that, you know, there is there are cases that you guys are getting out there because he's, he's, like Chris is, he's kind of following the expansion of the Bridgewater Triangle. Yep. He's trying to beat Chris to the book. He That's can't beat me. My book's, <laughs> my book's coming out. Just finished it. Don't do it in October. All right, there you go. Many stories from Norton. Take that, Lauren. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, Coleman. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's going to become a sound clip on future episodes. <laughs> I'm completely joking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Kristen, we're yeah. talking tonight about how junior high the paranormal has become, and, and I'm sure that's something that you haven't encountered at all, <laughs> right? Well... <laughs> <laughs> well, the last uh, time we had you here, you were dealing with, uh, you know, a major war over the treatment of the uh, search for the next uh, Ghost Hunter contestant. God, uh, that's right, yeah. So, I mean, that alone was, was controversy, but just being on TV each week or being associated with the group that's on TV each week must bring a whole slew of problems that people who are dying to get their group on a television show don't realize come with that territory. Right, absolutely. I think, I don't know, I think just... Oh, it's like, <laughs> it just reminds me of that, um, the little Britney video. Just leave us alone! <laughs> no, but I don't know. It's just kind of goofy. Everybody wants to get their two seconds, but it's, you know, it's not what it's about. And that's what drives me insane. Or, you know, they think, um, we get, I, I get emails all the time from groups that, you know, want us to help them and, you know, I tell them I can help you as much as humanly possible, but I can't guarantee you that we're going to go out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not because we don't want to, of course. That's just because, you know, we can't afford to go state to state. Um, but then they get mad, you know. They don't understand the whole concept of it. But what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. It has become definitely a war, and, and anything that you do on television is definitely put into a completely different perspective from a viewer's standpoint, you know, you're fat, you're skinny, you're ugly, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> if, you know, how can you measure somebody's 
intelligence based on their weight or their their looks or whatever. Well, I mean, part of the problem though is they're not, and we've talked about this before. They're not looking at you as a human being. Uh, they're looking at you as a television character. Right. And you know that's even though you know we call it reality television, you can tell us there's no there's not a lot of realness about it when you get on there and you start playing for the cameras. So right. you know unless as long as you keep being you and keep being true to yourself, you're going to have to deal with these kind of you know attacks. Yes, and I think that's part of my problem because I'm not going to do something or I'm not going to act a certain way. I mean, I act the way that I am all the time. <laughs> well, which we appreciate. Yeah. So but yeah, not a lot of people do though. <laughs> well, because oh, that you, girl's mean. <laughs> you know how you know how we act. We're just as bad. So, <laughs> but no. One of the criticisms I heard uh, recently about Ghost Hunters and Taps, I guess by extension, is you know they complained about when the show first started uh, that there was you know a lot more incidents where they would go to some different areas and work with the local groups that are in the process of investigating these haunts or who brought it to their attention. You know, so you'd see some of these investigators at least getting involved or at least getting, you know, a few minutes on the air to give their side of what they experience. And they're saying, you know, they don't do that anymore because they don't care about us or they don't want the competition from us. They're afraid that if we go on there and we participate, we're going to get our own show too. And wouldn't that actually be more of a decision of the production company who gets to be a part of the episode and, you know, who gets a testimonial on screen? So it really is no indicative, uh, not indicative of all of TAPS, uh, of their beliefs, of their procedures. Oh, God, no. Oh. I mean, you know, it's, it, and, and people have to understand that, you know, we do work with groups all the time, but we also don't work with groups. And we're not in competition to get more cases than um, another group. I mean, that's not, I have enough to do. I'm not going to try to take cases away from somebody, or I'm not going to try to go someplace that a group's already um, done or whatever. Um, but I understand where they're coming from. I can see why they would think that. But if they just emailed or if they just talked to one of us, they would see that that's not the case. And, and you know, in your capacity as case manager, you know, you're the one that's dealing with these people directly, right. uh, and you get a lot of the backstory and the back evidence and anything they might have captured. You get all that information from them well ahead of time. But is there uh, oftentimes when when the crew goes out to the location, do they try to meet up with some of these people face to face, and we just don't see them on screen? The other groups, you mean? Yeah, the groups that have been at these locations regularly, or who might have brought it to your attention. Um. I don't know of any place that we've done recently that there's been another group involved. Mm -hmm. um, At all? Not even behind the scenes? Yeah, no. Not that, not that I'm aware of. I mean, um, the Air Force Base, we're the only people to be able to go into. So there was no other groups ever there. Mm -hmm. um, Norton, we had done them uh, several times. We were the only group who's been there. Um, so to my knowledge... We haven't ha had any cases where the groups have already been there um, or that they're asking us for help. So I don't, I mean, maybe there are cases that I didn't go on. But, but wouldn't I, you I also say, though, recently. isn't that also, though, a credit to the advance work that you're doing ahead of time? That, you know, you're actually getting all this work done before you get there and you're not just showing up with a camera crew saying, all right, tell us what's going on so that now we can go in there and look like we're, we're the ones that have been doing this. You know, you're yeah. actually putting in the time and the research to, to to know about it before you show up there. Oh yeah. And and unfortunately, people think that you know 
And Taps just shows up, rolls up with the cam- camera crew, films an episode, and takes off. Yeah. So. Well, you know. That's now, okay if they want to think that. I mean, what are you going to do? You know. The other the other criticism that that gets leveled a lot, and uh, I've I've noticed this, and you know you're you're somebody who has been on sporadically the last few years, and I know that you'd like to be on sometimes more than you are, more than you have a chance to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are saying, you know, and all right, now they've got the you know the five man team that they go out with every time, and you know they've got their archetype characters their archetype personalities now on these investigations, and there's not really the whole chance to switch that up. You know, you've got Chris, who's going to go in there as the investigator in training, the, the timid girl, and you've got Dave, who's the what-was-that guy, you know, and you've got Steve, who's going to be, you know, handling the other... You know, it seems like people are trying to break it down and making it into something more than it really is. The show? Yeah, the, just the, the way that the show is currently being presented, the way that people yeah. have been going out to the investigations. They don't realize that, you know, it's kind of... Who can go this weekend? You know, we're right. going to go film some episodes. Who can take the time off of work? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, they don't, uh, they don't understand that. They, you know, it, I would definitely love to go more, um, but you know, again, I have a family, mm-hmm. so it's not. It would, it's, you know, not just picking up and leaving everything, um, you know, to go do it. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it is fun. It's a good time. I love spending time, you know, with the crew. Um, but it is really hard. I mean, I, you know, it's not that easy. Uh, yeah, people just don't see that, you know. It's, but I think that's, but I think, I mean, that's a lot of misinformation, too. Mm-hmm. I think people just think that that's all that every single one of us does and that this is our full-time job. I mean, this well, is not my full-time job. You what know? happens is, too, is somebody comes up with that idea and then goes online and says, well, I know them and I talked to them and this is what they told me. Yeah, and, and then, then it just, just somebody takes that as gospel and they run with it. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate too. I, I don't like that. I mean, it, part I of know. the problem though is everybody in Taps is so accessible to the fans and to other researchers and investigators that everybody does, you know, kind of when they do say something like that, it's highly believable that they could be talking to somebody in the group because you are very public and you are very accessible. Yep. Uh, is so you guys must get burned by that quite a bit. Where I mean, has there ever been any discussion of, you know, maybe we shouldn't give out so much information about what we do and and just kind of keep that stuff close knit? Um, not really. I mean, the only things that we we cannot talk about are um, episodes that we have filmed that have not been shown yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can't talk about anything that happened on those investigations. So, um. I mean, that's really, if we choose to give out personal information, then that's, you know, our choice. I choose to give out as little personal information um, as possible because I like to keep my life separate. Sure, um, yeah. Mainly because I have a child and I don't want ever to have him have to deal with anything ridiculous. And I've talked to people who are involved with, you know, the we'll say reality television, and mm-hmm. you know they they've had to worry about their family, mm-hmm. and you know when I I interview athletes for a living, and you know they worry about their family, and they're very you know if I'm talking to say a New England Patriot and his sons in the locker room, and I start you know ask oh what's your son's name, you know they start to get really guarded about that information. You know it's mm-hmm. not just another parent asking another parent a question about their kid and being interested. You know right. it's who's this guy? Why does he want to know about my kid? What kind of stuff is he going to put out there to the public? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I've had to explain to my son a million times. You know that if someone says to you, well, I know your mom, you know, from, from Ghost Hunters, or I worked with her on Ghost Hunters, you, you know, you know not to go with them. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you, you almost become more paranoid that something is going to happen. You know, and I'm not popular by any means. So, it's, I mean, and that's just the lower end of it. I can't imagine, um, you know, Jane Grant's kids. Oh, yeah. You know? the popularity that they have, I can't imagine having to worry about that constantly. Well, you're popular with us, Chris. Oh, absolutely. Well, if you stalk me, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he will, though, because unlike a lot of fans, he actually knows your boyfriend. Yeah. And I actually like him. He's a cool he, But he also cool knows what a large man he is. So uh, he's not going to be And I think if more people knew that, they might be less likely to give you crap online. and. <laughs> Well, I don't really mind too much. I mean, ever since the Halloween episode, um, things have actually totally calmed down. I haven't had any really bad emails, although only a few episodes. Eh? <laughs> Give it time. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, people, they, I express my opinion. I'm a very opinionated person. If I have something to say, I'm going to say it. So I don't feel that other people can't do that. I think that if you think I suck, then say I suck. That's cool. And but at least try to have a reason too. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I think Halloween <laughs> pretty much gave them a reason. But um, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I it's like you know, for every uh, one person that likes you, there's probably five that don't. So you know, for people who do have a little bit of fame, there's still those people that definitely don't like you. So you have to remember that too. It kind of keeps you grounded, you know. Well, I mean, it has. To. I mean, you can't get tied up in all this stuff because this whatever celebrity uh, whatever celebrity ability there is surrounding the paranormal it's going to be fleeting because we've oh, yeah. seen we've seen it go up and down in the past and you know and it's it's just the type of thing where you know you can get some notoriety out of it now but in 10 years nobody's going to really know who you are anymore except for yeah. the other people in the field that are doing the serious research that will count you among their colleagues right and i guess you know in the long run those are the ones that are the most important yep so uh, that being said, I'm going to go online when I get home and post all kinds of stuff. You should have heard Kristen on Spooky South Coast. What a pain in the ass she was. I'm already writing it, actually. Oh, you're over there now? But that's just because, you know, we're trying to use you to help make a name for us because that's what we do here. We just, you know, glom onto other people's celebrity and notoriety to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. We are clinging on to the wrong person. <laughs> well, we had Todd on earlier, so... All right, well, we thank you for joining us tonight and staying with us here in the overtime. And we we, we got to get out and investigate with you some more. You must have something coming up, something in the works. Um, no more Paranormal 101s anytime soon? Or? Oh, yeah, every Sunday. Oh, okay. Where, <laughs> yeah. can, where can people uh, find out more information? On our website, com, and then you can click on classes. They're actually full. Um, I'm full for the rest of the month. So I'll be putting up some May classes pretty soon. I'm just trying to figure out. I'm supposed to do um, a Paranormal 101 with an investigation in Ohio. I'm just waiting for all the details of that. And then, you know, we do them around here. I think we're going to do Houghton again soon. We're trying to do the new Bedford Armory, so. Uh, the second floor is falling into the first floor, so I don't think they're going to let anybody into the building anymore. Oh, crap. That's, that's what I've been hearing. No, but uh, we'll definitely get in touch with you, and we'll see if we can help you okay. on that end. Yeah, we'll help out. 
Yeah, you guys are always welcome to come. You know that. And we'll always take advantage of that because that's what we do. We glom on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. We'll talk to you real soon. You take care, and we look forward to seeing you on some upcoming episodes. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Kristen Gartland of TAPS, case manager for TAPS from Ghost Hunters. And uh, make sure you watch her when she's on. She's wonderful. So for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, for Chris and Andrew who joined us here in the studio, for Todd, for Chris, and for everybody that called in, we want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.